Welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I serve as pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and I'm also the founder of From His Heart Ministries, a national and international uh, radio and television ministry. We are, we are heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time on this wonderful network of stations, American Family Radio. Well, today we want to talk about the subject of overcoming. You know, the Bible is full of accounts of people who overcame insurmountable difficulties and obstacles by the power and grace of God. I think about Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers, who was lied about and ended up in prison, lied about by Potiphar's wife, Moses and the things that he overcame, Joshua, David, Elijah, Daniel, the Apostle Paul. All those guys overcame by the power and grace of God. And the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 37, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Joining us on the program today is a man who has faced so much, uh, so much difficulties. He's had so much to overcome, and he himself has overcome by the power and grace of God. Dr. Don Bartlett is with us today. Dr. Don, thanks so much for being on the program. Oh, Dr. Jim, thank you for having me. Well, you are a blessing to me, my brother. I heard you for the very first time. It was about 30 years ago on Focus on the Family, and you shared your, your testimony called Macaroni at Midnight, and it, uh, it spoke to my heart in such a profound way. It, it's a story of your testimony, a story of overcoming, but it's also a deeply disturbing story of uh, people who call themselves Christians treating you so terribly as a young boy. And uh, Don, I wanted you to tell our listeners what you experienced as a kid growing up. Well, um, I grew up in a world of poverty, in a world of uh, alcoholism, a world of family violence, a world of disability, uh, a world of isolation, and a world of loneliness. Um, my mother and father were Native American people. I'm living in a small uh, community in North Dakota, three miles from Canada. And 82 years ago, um, I came into their world with a severe cleft disability, a hole in my heart, and uh, other physical limitations. And they had a major impact on my father because he always wanted a son who would be like him, a hunter, a brother, a fisherman. Um, and, and I was not that. And he was very disappointed um, when I came into their world because I had only half a nose, uh, no upper lip, uh, a huge opening in the top of my mouth. And um, in order to deal with that, uh, my father made a choice. Uh, he ran away from us, from life, from me. And for nine years, uh, I lived in a world of poverty, hunger, isolation with my mother, who uh, tried to help me, but um, she was very limited financially. We had very little money. We lived in a one-room shack up in the hills of North Dakota, uh, although there were seven uh, churches in that community three miles away. None of them uh, offered to help my mother and me. Well, for nine years, uh, I lived with my mother alone. Um, uh, I had one operation, but 
I didn't do anything to help the severe uh, power with disability. Um, never went to school, never went to church, never had friends. Uh, a world of loneliness, really. And uh, when I did go to school, um, the children in the public school uh, made fun of me, called me names, rejected me, uh, physically violated me. Uh, my teachers were very unloving, uncaring, lacking compassion. Uh, and one day when the children uh, took me up into the hills and tied me to a tree and hit me until the blood ran down my womb and leaving me alone, uh, it wasn't until um, uh, a hunterite man from Canada, like one night, found me up in the hills and untied the rope and set me free. And I ran back to that one-room log cabin where my mother was frantically wondering what had happened to me. Uh, that was the uh, time that my father had come home drunk. And when he saw the blood and I couldn't talk and I couldn't tell me what happened to me, my father, who was then uh, an alcoholic, uh, a very violent man, unloving man, um, uh, beat me uh, unmercifully. And uh, to the point where uh, I ran away and became um, a very troubled young uh, person, uh, becoming a juvenile delinquent, breaking into homes, trying to survive on my own, and uh, eventually um, ending up in jail where uh, two white policemen uh, sexually abused me. And uh, that caused... Um, um, a horrible pain inside of me, and it began the process of my being filled with hate uh, for white people, hate for my father, hate for my disability, um, hate for life, really. And it was a very, very difficult uh, childhood for me. Don, you had to overcome so much. Um, tell me, how old were you when you when you began to learn how to talk? Because I know with with the cleft palate and all, it was talking came slowly, correct? Right. Um, it wasn't until uh, a white woman in that small community who happened to be a Christian, although I didn't know that then, and um, probably the only born again Christian in that community. Uh, believing in the Word of God, uh, she began uh, showing me love by welcoming me into her home, uh, feeding me, clothing me, teaching me how to read and write, teaching me how to work, teaching me how to uh, slowly uh, overcome my disability by um, helping me to learn how to make sounds. I was 12 years old when I met her. And uh, I couldn't speak uh, intelligently, understandably. And so she had a very difficult time trying to help me overcome the disability. But for several years, um, touching my life and believing in my potentiality, showing me the love of God, she began helping me learn how to make sounds. And after many, many uh, years, uh, one night, um, I... Uh, went back to my home uh, with her encouragement. And um, my father happened to be there. And uh, over a bowl of macaroni at midnight, 
um, I began demonstrating to my mother and father what the white woman had taught me. And as I began making cows, uh, they were overwhelmed. And the doctor had told them at my birth that I may never learn how to talk. I may never learn how to learn. But through the help of that white woman, uh, I began overcoming uh, the disability. And I was 17 years old when I began having uh, major surgery and followed by six years of speech therapy. At that point, uh, I began speaking clearly uh, and through the help of this white woman, through her compassion, through her helping me overcome the disability and helping to empower me to uh, work in that community, uh, to uh, learn academically, uh, I eventually graduated from high school as a valedictorian, and uh, through her um, help, um, I went on to the university and um, earned three degrees and eventually became a public speaker of all things. Mm. And uh, for 17 years, I was not able to speak clearly. You know, what's, I was thinking, because I listened to your testimony again last night, and I was thinking, Don, how just one one woman who loved the Lord and wanted to, saw that you were uh, kind of a kid that had been thrown away and wanted to befriend you and wanted to show you the love of Christ, how one woman influenced your life and God has used your life to influence millions and millions and millions of people. Uh, tell me about tell me about that woman. Uh, I know in your testimony you never name her; you always just call her the white woman at the village. But uh, tell me about her, and did she get to see all the things that the Lord has done in your life? Yes, she did. Uh, she was just a marvelous lady. Um, she went to um, uh, a church in that community. She had a daughter. And her daughter went to the public school, and through her daughter, the white woman learned about me. And uh, when the white woman heard about the poverty, the isolation, the jail experience, the um, uh, uh, bullying at school, um, she took uh, mercy upon me. I mean, she believed so deeply in the Word of God, Matthew 25, 35, or 40. I was hungry, you fed me, I was lonely, you took me in. Uh, she brought me into her home. Uh, just a marvelous, marvelous woman of God. And even though the community turned against her in many ways, we came into that bullion. Uh, she continued showing me the love of God and even reading the Bible to me, although I never knew anything about the Bible until I heard her talk about it. But through her compassion, unparalleled compassion, I began changing. I began trusting um, the white people. I began wanting to survive and overcome everything I'd been through. Uh, she was just a, a model of um, Christian love to uh, an unloved uh, adolescent like me. Now, how did her daughter treat you? Because you were in school with her in the same grade or just in the same school? She was one year ahead of me, but she showed me no kindness, no love, no compassion. She was not at all like her mother, more so like her father, who was a very racist businessman in the community, having no love for Native American people. 
Um, and uh, she followed his example, not her mother's. So uh, she didn't have anything to do with me. She was part of the bullying experience that I went through uh, in the public school. Well, it's it's terrible how mean kids are, especially in that day. So you were you were growing up in the forties, is that right? Yes, and along with that comment, Doctor Jeff, uh, I would like to add: uh, all known young people uh, can be uh, mean and hurtful and hateful. Uh, many of the adults in that community who all went to church religiously, my teachers, the policemen, uh, the people in that community. They were as hurtful as any of the young showmen were to me. Was there a very big uh, Native American Indian population in in your town, or were you kind of the only one? Um, there were 1,700 people in the community, mostly white people. The Native American people lived up in the hills, isolated from that white community, it wasn't until the white woman invited me into her life and into her world that I eventually moved into that community along with my family after the white woman found employment for my father, uh, after the white woman helped us find housing, after she showed the community what biblical uh, love was all about. And as the white people began accepting my overcoming the disability becoming a regular employee in that community, they began changing too. So she had an impact, not just on my family and me. She had a major impact on that entire small community. It's just amazing. Such a great story. Macaroni at Midnight. I remember, Don, when I first heard the, the title of that of your testimony, I was thinking, what in the world? Does that have to do with anything? And then, uh, you know, as the as the story unfolds, it's it's that when that's when you made your first sound was eating macaroni at midnight, and um, you know you didn't obviously God gave you a, a tremendous mind. You have a PhD, and and the Lord is using you in such great ways and has used your life in such great ways. And so, it is a, an honor and privilege to get to. Uh, have you on the program today and get to hear your story. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Dr. Don Bartlett. Don't go away. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
Hi, I'm Mark Harrington, founder of the pro-life group Created Equal and host of Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show. Created Equal is all about saving the lives of unborn children. Each week, I cover the latest pro-life news and feature interviews with unsung heroes from across the nation who are making a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice. Join me every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 for The Mark Harrington Show here on American Family Radio and discover how you, too, can help protect the lives of the most innocent among us. I just appreciate AFR spreading so much truthful news that helps me to know what's going on in my country and in my world. American Family Radio's Spring share is coming soon. We'll celebrate what God is doing through this ministry and ask you to support our efforts. I just really appreciate the godly perspective and truthfulness that I hear every day. Join us April 19th, 20th, and 21st for share on American Family Radio. This February, you can share heartbeats for the preborn. The Ministry of Preborn's mission is to rescue preborn babies. You see, every heartbeat proclaims our Creator's name. And when a mother considering abortion hears that heartbeat through ultrasound, the message is loud and clear. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. Preborn cries out for the preborn through heartbeats while supporting moms in crisis nationwide. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, it's a divine encounter, and 80% of the time, she'll choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com, that's preborn.com, or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to Dr. Don Bartlett, Don, who has overcome so much in his life. He has the testimony uh, titled Macaroni at Midnight. It was first aired, the very first time I heard it was aired on uh, Focus on the Family with James Dobson back in, Don, was that the early 90s when that first hit the airwaves? Uh, 1981, actually. 81, and then, okay. Um, uh-huh, and then 1983, 1987, and I found out from Dr. Dobson that all three times that they shared my testimony, I highest rated uh, radio broadcast for that year. That's amazing. Well, the story is powerful, and uh, it shows what uh, the what God can do in a life, and it shows how, uh, how a man who has experienced, Don, I would say you experienced as much, if not more, grief and abuse and and uh, the evils of this world than, than most anybody else has. Um, how did that affect you uh, as, as a child? Did you just see everybody as the enemy? I think really uh, the most difficult um, hurt that I ever had was not actually from um, the young children who bullied me or from the teachers who rejected me, not even the policemen who sexually abused me, the major hurt, the deepest hurt, the most difficult hurt to overcome for me as a child was the lack of love and compassion and affection 
from my father, and I have found in my 50 years of traveling throughout the world sharing my testimony that many, many, many people from all cultures uh, have experienced the same rejection, the same hurt, the same pain uh, from having um, a, a, a negative relationship with their father. I have been amazed, Dr. Jeff, uh, as I meet people uh, from every culture, not just Native American, every culture whose lives were destroyed, damaged, hurt by a lack of love from their father. So for me as a child, the most difficult thing to overcome was um, uh, later in life as an adult, when I became a Christian, when I became a man of God, was to uh, understand the power of forgiveness. Um, I remember hearing the story of Jesus hiding on the cross, crying out to his Father, Father, forgive them when they don't know what they do. And through the help of uh, a church, the Bible, my wife, um, uh, as I began reflecting on my experience with a child with my father, I began a long, long, long process of overcoming that hurt and that hate by learning to understand the nature of my father's uh, hurt himself Although I knew very little about his childhood, his background, his relationship with his father, and my father never talked about anything. He and I never had one verbal experience uh, in my lifetime around him. But learning to forgive him, uh, helping to overcome that, that horrible childhood hate that I had for my father was probably the greatest challenge. Uh, in my life as a man, Jeff. Well, now, Don, you you probably assumed that he was abused as a child? I have to, because we learn, you know, now through all the research and everything we've come to know about child abuse and um, hate and and, and all that, that um, children, uh, people who abuse children uh, many times have come from backgrounds of abuse. I know nothing about um, my grandparents, how they treated him, but I have to believe that somewhere in his childhood, there must have been an area of wound that uh, he never dealt with, uh, he never overcame. Uh, my father never became a Christian until the day he died. And that in itself uh, is the story of God's uh, power to the Holy Spirit. Because um, as I was on the radio with Dr. Dobson, I did not know that my father was very, very ill at that time. And then Dr. Dobson, like you, began hearing my testimony. He wrote me a note on the radio and he said, pray for your father and forgive him. And I shook my head no because I wasn't ready, even as a man, even as a Christian. I wasn't ready then to forgive my father, but Dr. Dobson was rather determined. He wrote me a note and Don, you need to forgive your father. Do it now. And unknown to me, I didn't know my father was dying uh, at that moment. But as I, on uh, national radio, um, bent my heart uh, 
and wanted to be empowered by forgiveness, wanted to overcome all that childhood hurt and hate towards my father, I did pray for him on focusing on the family, and I asked the Lord to help my father become a Christian one day. And, and the doctor in the hospital in my home community heard me sharing my testimony. He realized uh, by my voice who I was, went into the room and began talking to my father, and um, he actually helped my father at that moment to become a Christian. I was praying to forgive my father and that he might know salvation one day. The doctor went into the room and and led my father to the Lord. Wow. That is just so awesome. Praise the Lord. That is that is great. Don, I still remember in, in your testimony how uh, when when you got married, you married a beautiful girl and uh, I did I was unaware until I listened last night because because you, you share more about your testimony in different venues and things like that. But I was not aware that your wife's family was so wealthy. Again, uh, yeah, she came from a family of wealth. And compared to my life uh, growing up in poverty. Um, having nothing of any material value. Uh, Yeah, she represented that world to me. And at that point in my manhood, um, I still wasn't a Christian when I met her. And um, and she, like the white woman in my childhood, was a woman of God, a woman of faith, a woman who uh, believed in uh, the Holy Spirit. uh, And to her uh, Christian uh, belief, she began showing me um, the love of God in the same way that the white woman had in my childhood. And uh, through the love of my wife, although we went through uh, years or very difficult marriage, and I didn't know how to uh, be a husband, a father, uh, um, and my childhood, I, I had not become a Christian yet. So for six years, my wife just showed me Again, uh, unparalleled compassion, like the white woman in my childhood. And even though her family had a difficult time accepting me in the family, and they knew very little about me, I wouldn't tell them anything about my background. And they saw me uh, probably as a person uh, just wanting her because of her beauty, her family money. Um, um, uh, I fought that battle for six years. And uh, through her uh, showing me the love of God, I eventually uh, decided to become a Christian. And as I became a Christian, as I began going to church with her and reading the Word of God and understanding uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, I began forgiving even her family. And that helped me to become a part of the family. And uh, as we became uh, a family of God
uh, God has blessed my ministry unbelievably. Uh, we live in a totally different world than, than that that I came from. Living in a beautiful home, we have seven daughters and one son. We have been blessed immeasurably. All of our children have graduated from college. Uh, some of them born in one college. Uh, uh, we live in a totally different world. All of our children are uh, financially, economically, spiritually blessed. Um, and so um, I was able to uh, break the chain of poverty. Uh, and I came into the different world that my wife me had showing me, and uh, through the help of God, um, I was able to uh, become a totally different uh, person myself, financially, economically. Um, so, again, <laughs> uh, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, um, learning how to forgive, uh, God began showing me what it meant to be free from poverty, free from hurt, free from hate. Yeah, my wife had a major, major impact on my manhood trip. Now, Don, did you have any brothers and sisters, or were you the only one? <laughs> I'm hoping you might not ask me that. But, <laughs> um, uh, I come from a family of 10 children. Uh, there were nine children born to my mother's father. My oldest sister did not belong to my mother. Uh, she belonged to another woman uh, in the Native community. Um, my Native American family, even today, uh, does not want me sharing my testimony uh, to the world because they have not gotten over uh, the poverty, uh, the hurt, uh, the isolation, the all the things that I went through and they went through too, other than they didn't have a handicap like I did. And they knew the world of poverty. They knew the world of isolation. They knew the world of bullying. They don't talk about it. They don't want to remember it. Uh, they're very, very angry at me. And um, when I became a Christian, uh, they saw me moving away from that culture and that lifestyle and them. And that hurt them. And uh, so they began showing me uh, a lot of rejection, a lot of hurt, and even some hate. In fact, in uh, 1981, um, uh, they made a threat uh, on my life uh, right before a public appearance in mm -hmm. North Dakota. Uh, they threatened my life. Uh, my brother, a Vietnam veteran, uh, an alcoholic, I had a rifle. And on behalf of the family, uh, he was end my life um, and I entered the arena at the University of North Dakota where I was supposed to share my life story that night. Mm. Oh, wow. Did he, did he come? He was there. I chose for the first time and the only time actually in my 50 years of speaking, I chose that night not to appear out of concern, not only for my own life, but for my family in Ohio. And I didn't really want to um, hurt my Native American family. Um, and so I chose that night uh, not to appear at the arena. But he was there, and he did have a rifle. There were thousands of people waiting to hear me, I heard from the white woman. And when I didn't appear, uh, she knew something must have happened. And that's been a very painful part of 
my journey to overcome. And here again, uh, as I read uh, my daily devotional by Andre Amalot, uh, every day I have to remember to live under the control of the Spirit and to be more like Jesus. So it's been uh, over 20 years of um, forgiven by Native family, trying to love them, trying to understand them, but it's been a very painful journey, Dr. Jeff. Don, how did your mother respond to the the white lady that showed you care and compassion and concern? Did she see her as a friend or as a threat? No, she loved the white woman. In fact, uh, my mother uh, was uh, blessed to have a friend like her. The white woman would come to our one-room log cabin. She would bring food. She would bring material from my mother to you to make it our uh, house, a home, uh, she was powerful in making that transfer from her culture to our culture, showing my mother again, and she showed me compassion. And my mother became very enamored with the white woman, loving her, uh, uh, valuing her, believing that she was really making an impact on me. And uh, my mother, she became very, very uh, close friends. In fact, when I graduated a valedictorian of my high school class, the white woman bought my mother a new dress and brought her to the high school and sat in the front row with her in front of the whole community and shown the community that she valued my mother. My mother valued her love very, very deeply. Now, did your mom come to know Christ, Don? Don, did your mother I'm not come to? Sure. I'm not, not sure. sure. Um, I hesitated because um, when I went to see my mother right before she died, uh, my family didn't want me involved at all, and didn't want me to be at the funeral and all that. But when I went to see my mother uh, right before she died, I talked to her about Jesus. I hugged her. I, I gave her a tract, uh, telling her about Romans ten. 9 to 13, how to become a Christian, how to believe in God. She hugged me and then gently pushed me away and said, you know, I can't believe that. My mother uh, grew up Roman Catholic all of her life. Yeah. Hold on. Hold that thought, Don. We're talking to Dr. Don Bartley. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this. And that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation 
Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Here's Dr. Michael Kruger from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. Yeah, when we look at the Protestant Reformation, one of the big flashpoint issues obviously was the issue of Scripture. What is the highest authority in, in the believer's life? Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone is the only infallible authority for believers. The Reformers never suggested that the Scripture was the only authority for believers, uh, but rather the only infallible authority for believers. The Protestant vision was a response to a church that had lowered the doctrine of Scripture had refused to submit to Scripture and had raised church tradition, in the words of the Pope, functionally over Scripture. Uh, and so the Reformers said, if we're going to have a Reformation, if we're going to get back to the way things should be, we've got to restore Scripture to its proper place as the, as the highest authority in the life of the believer. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Welcome back to the program, Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to Dr. Don Bartlett, a man who has ha had to overcome extreme poverty and physical disabilities, uh, alcoholism in the home, the abuse of his father, a tremendous and deep father wound, uh, such a, abuse from classmates and teachers. But uh, God had a plan for this guy's life, and, and God has used Dr. Don in such great ways. Now, Don, I was listening to, uh, to the trigger that brought you to the place where you said to your wife, I need help. I need, I need uh, to know how, how to have God in my life. Uh, tell about that story. It had to do with one of your little girls. Yeah, a very painful part of my uh, manhood and my becoming. Uh, a new man. Um, my wife and I had a very difficult marriage for three years. Um, we had several children by then, and one of them, my second oldest daughter, uh, Joanna, uh, with a very uh, wonderful spirit, uh, a heart uh, full of love for all people, uh, just a very, very tender child. Uh, she had a difficult time handling the abuse that I had been showing my children, not having learned uh, how to be an effective father, a Christian father, a spiritual head of my family. And at that time, uh, because of the hurt, I was injecting upon my own children. And uh, one day it became too much for her. And she looked at me and she said, Daddy, 
I hate you and I hope you die. And that was the trigger that sent me all the way back to my childhood, where at the age of 12, I had a rifle in my hand and I had wanted to kill my father. And I remember thinking at that moment, I hate you and I hope you die. Now that triggered that memory. Uh, I looked at my daughter in her hurt and in her pain and wanting to love her with all my heart and not knowing how effectively because I wasn't a Christian then. That was the moment I went to my wife and said, I, I need help. And uh, she, of course, uh, brought me to a church. And uh, through that small Baptist church in New Hope, uh, Minnesota, I found new life. And on September 30th, um, 1974, I um, was in my automobile and uh, feeling my need to change and to be an effective husband and father. I cried out to God, God, I need to change. I need help. I need to overcome all this. And uh, he, in that moment, 8.37 p.m., I'll never forget, on a major highway in Minneapolis, came into my heart, came into my life. And as I became a born-again Christian, and I began reading the Word of God, and I began changing, and I became an effective husband, an effective father, I began uh, healing and uh, asking forgiveness from my family. And today, my children and I are very, very close. My wife and I have a wonderful marriage. We've been able to move away from that painful uh, experience when I wasn't a Christian in my home. Now, Don, did you turn to alcohol in your, in, before you came to Christ like your dad did? Absolutely. In fact, again, I meet so many, many people in my ministry, in my travels, who went through the same difficulties I did in trying to overcome the hurt of their childhood and like my father, um, I began using alcohol to run away from the memory, the hurt, the pain. Um, and as I began abusing alcohol, I did become an alcoholic for many, many years. But again, it was through the freedom I found in Christ, uh, the freedom from spiritual defeat, the freedom from Satan's uh, trap. Um, through that freedom and through the power of forgiveness, I began uh, not abusing alcohol. It was a difficult experience for me, uh, but as I began understanding the nature of alcoholism and, and the hurt that I was uh, sharing with so many people, it was through that that I began overcoming that process in my life and um, I'm still, you know, what they call overcoming that. I don't abuse alcohol. I haven't for many, 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 many years. Well, Don, let me ask you this. Um, did any of those teachers ever reach out to you and apologize for being so terrible? No. However, <clears throat> um, two years ago, the librarian in my hometown, um, invited me to come back there and to publicly uh, share my life story, my testimony at the library in that 
although I initially told her I would never do that because I still have members of my family living there, um, and I knew they would never, ever want me to come back home and talk about any of them, I initially told her no. But then uh, she uh, was determined to have me come back and break the silence of what I went through as a child. And so uh, my wife and I decided after prayer that um, I wouldn't go back. And uh, we told the church here in Ohio, they had a, uh, a church service where I shared my testimony. And then they announced to my church that I would be going back to that community. And so the church and the prayer service around me, empowering me to go back home and share my testimony. And then my wife and I went back in that small community, uh, three miles from Canada, uh, through the efforts of that librarian, um, I decided uh, to empower my heart uh, to overcome the uh, 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 hesitation to share publicly in that community. I went back, went into the library. It was packed full of people from that community including um, one uh, teacher who had been in the community when I was there. Uh, some of my uh, classmates from high school were there. And then, uh, most importantly of all, one of my sisters uh, broke uh, the, the, the silence in our family. And she came to hear me. She walked into the library and in front of that whole community, all white uh, she took a seat right next to my wife, and she listened to me share my testimony for an hour. And after that, uh, threw her arms around me, and she told me, uh, library yeah. audience, that everything I had shared was true, and it happened. And uh, she and I today are beginning to forge a new relationship. Uh, I pray for her everywhere I go. I ask audiences. They're praying that one nation might become a Christian. But in that library audience, um, uh, several people came up to me uh, who remembered me from my childhood. And they were just overwhelmed at what I shared. And some of them had no idea what I had been through, what I went through. Uh, they asked me for forgiveness. And uh, one of the women um, from the from the church uh, who knew the priest who had sexually abused me as an altar boy and they came up to me and uh, asked me to forgive their lack of compassion and uh, it was just amazing um, how the Lord covered me, protected me one of my sisters had threatened to have my life ended again if I came back to that community but she remained outside in the library, did not try to harm me, although I had told her in a letter that I had notified the FBI. <laughs> mm. But it was a powerful evening. Um, I felt so free when I left that community after breaking the silence of all those years from what had happened to me as a child. I have never received um, anything from any of my teachers that I had in elementary school, no. Mm. 
That's sad. But I'm glad that you got kind of closure on that, in, especially in your yeah. hometown. Hey, Don, as, yeah. you share, as you've shared your testimony, uh, I'm assuming uh, definitely all around the nation, but, but have you traveled abroad sharing your testimony also? Oh, absolutely. I've been, I've been uh, all over North America. I mean, Canada alone. I've been in every province in Canada. I've been uh, all over North America. I've been to South America in person. And then through the power of my DVD, through folks and the family, through a family talk, through Coming Hundred Club, through my um, CD. Uh, I've been all over the world. My CD has been used in China with a women's group. Uh, there's a small Christian school in Australia using my CD uh, in one of their uh, classroom experiences every year. Uh, South Africa, uh, Russia, uh, all over the world. My CD, my DVD, radio, TV appearances. Um, have have been used um, in that way. Mm-hmm. What what kind of response do you get from people? Because I'm assuming you get lots of letters and emails, and and <laughs> I mean your your story has to resonate to a hurting person in such a huge way. Oh my, yeah. I'm all over the world, Doctor Jeff. I have a letter in my file from people who have walked through the same kinds of hurtful experiences. Uh, I've been able to lead people of Christ. Uh, in many of my appearances, um, uh, um, letters uh, from a highway patrolman in Idaho uh, in 1981 after he heard Dr. Dobson focus on the family broadcast, called me on the highway and uh, told me uh, what he had to do as a child when he sat on the highway, literally crying after hearing my testimony, and then he asked me to help him to become empowered to move on and to overcome uh, all the hurt that he went through. Uh, Housewives, um, showmen, handicapped people, poor people, white people, uh, Native Americans, all over the world I've had amazing communication with in my uh, 50 years of ministry, yeah. What I love, Don, uh, about you, many things, but uh, you don't see yourself as a victim. You see yourself as an overcomer. Talk to that person that gets in that rut of uh, life is against me, everybody hates me, and they're, they're bitter, and they're hateful, and, and uh, y- you can't overcome that way. How does that person get out of that trap? Well, um, through the help of God, uh, for me... Uh, uh, I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor. Uh, and as a survivor, uh, I've learned to overcome through the power of forgiveness. I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. I was thinking that what Andrea Malat wrote uh, in my meditation for today, uh, she wrote, As you live under the control of the Holy Spirit, the character of Jesus becomes evident to you, you begin to reflect what Galatians calls the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and 
not just to live for Jesus, but to be like Jesus, and therefore to be free, to be an overcomer and land. And I would highly recommend to anyone living in a world of pain and hurt to learn the power of Jesus, to learn the power of forgiveness, and then to overcome whatever they're walking through, through the Holy Spirit in Christ. Don, if a listener wanted to hear your full story, where would you suggest they go on, on the Internet? Well, uh, one of my children told me there are uh, 224,000 references to Don Bartlett uh, and my testimony, my, my ministry uh, on the Internet. Um, all they have to do is put Don Bartlett uh, macaroni at midnight, and there, there are just hundreds, thousands of references. Uh, most importantly, they can invite me to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I traveling. I love sharing my testimony. I love traveling. I love that part of my ministry where um, the Lord just continues to bless me. So I'm available to find out from you, folks in the family, from the internet, how to contact me. I'm available, I'm willing, and I would love to do that. Well, Dr. Don Bartlett came to First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas some years ago and uh, blessed our church. He had everyone's full attention just immediately, and he shared his story. God has used his story in such great ways, and I know he wants to use uh, Don's story in your life because you can be an overcomer too as you look to Jesus. Well, thanks for joining us today. Shine and share and let God use your life. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.